When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is The Current, presented by Brian Subaru. The Current is also brought to you by Capital One, the official bank of Tulane Athletics, and PJ's Coffee, a proud coffee partner of the Green Wave. There's the snap. It's a play action. McMillan rolls to the left. Nobody is there. He can stroll past the pylon. Touchdown Tulane. Five seconds left. In down the court. Top of the key. Drives in the paint. Right hand floater. Off the glass. It's good. Quick feed left side. Lawson has space. Rainbow's a three. Book it. McMillan steps up. He throws middle. Caught by McCluskey. Breaks out of a tackle. 10-5. Angles far side Are you kidding me? Touchdown Tulane. Are you kidding me? Roll wave. Roll wave. Let's get a win. Welcome back to another edition of The Current. This one is a victory podcast after Tulane takes down number 25 Army, the first top 25 victory for Tulane since 1984. Good to scratch that one off the list. A rather convincing victory for Tulane against Army, 38-12, to the final score from Yeoman Stadium. Andrew Aldegretta here with Jimmy Orkno and Gus Cattengale. Guys, we'll get into this game, and coming up in a little bit, we'll hear from head coach Willie Fritz. Uh, we'll hear from Jaquan Jackson. We'll hear from some of the guys in the locker room after this victory. Uh, but I do want to start with, uh, because it's a quick week, I want to start with the game that's coming up for just a second, because uh, as we sit here midday on Sunday, uh, Tulsa is now the 25th ranked team in the country after taking down SMU last night in Tulsa. Uh, just right off the bat, guys, when you saw that score, you saw the way things finished up yesterday. Uh, what was your reaction uh, to the Golden Hurricanes beating another top 25 team this season? I was deferring to Gus there, but uh, I guess I'll. I'll oh, okay. Well, well, I mean, you're 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 you know you're the um, you're the member of the undefeated team, sir. So I go behind you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I did text Andrew right after it finished. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see what happened? Um, and I don't know. I guess you can just start there, guys, with the fact that right when the game ended, they're talking about what is he? I don't know. Is he a D lineman, linebacker? I don't know. They kept saying he's six four, hybrid sort of guy that's picking off passes and doing all of that stuff. Yeah, Zayvon um, Collins is his name, number twenty three for when people watch that game on Thursday. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the fact that they're referring to the plays that he made in that game, um, look, you know, it was interesting, Andrew, because in the pregame. We talked about how it seemed like last year, the American Conference, every game that we played, 
had a ranked opponent and we were only facing our second ranked opponent of the season. So I would say maybe it's par for the course and maybe what we expect, but um, look, Jimmy, you know this, and I was explaining this to Andrew yesterday via tech, that place is a house of horrors, man. I mean, um, anytime you go to Tulsa, I think it's going to be a, a tough game. You get out of there with a win, you're happy. It's just, um, you know, and now you, you have a team that's playing confidently, playing good football. Yeah, you know, I, I, Tulsa's a team that I look at, you know, um, you know, from top to bottom of the roster standpoint, they, they don't, you know, they, they're they're in the same, they're this, you tend to be in the same class as Tulane uh, at this point in the development of the respective programs. Montgomery's a very good coach. Uh, this year, it looks like they got some players. You know, they got two great receivers that go along with a quarterback that can swing it. And, you know, we've had problems with those types of matchups before. It's going to certainly be a challenge. I, I don't know that our pass rush was going as well when we played the UCF and SMU and right. Houston and who who brought some of the same things to the table. Uh, I, I think we're rushing the passer better now. I hope that, you know, and that needs to continue into Thursday. And then when you look at Collins and trying to stop a guy like that, our our, our pass protection on the other side of the ball has been, you know, near flawless here uh, during the three-game win streak. Really, really impressive. Seeing a lot recognition-wise, picking it up. Uh, being physical, you know, our guys have done a great job. Tulsa brings a different level of physicality, I think, to the table than what we've seen in the last three opponents. It's what you would typically see from Temple that we may not have seen this year. Um, you know, they're just they're gonna they're gonna try to hit you in the mouth and they're gonna come at you over and over again. And Collins, in particular, is a special player. So, look, it, it short week travel, the whole deal. It's 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 gonna be a heck of a challenge for Tulane. But you know, one, I think we're capable of meeting if we play really well. And I think Tulsa has three come from behind victories this season. Those include both UCF as well as the game against SMU. So they will not go away. Uh, I'm sort of preaching to the choir here, guys, but the uh, SP plus rankings by Bill Connolly are out here today. And just for what it's worth, as always, to talk about how strong this conference is, uh, even if people do want to at times shrug it off. Uh, number nine is Cincinnati in the rankings. 18 is UCF. SMU is 31. Memphis is 44. Tulsa 45. Tulane at 50 and Houston at 51. So you're talking about what? Seven of the programs in this conference in the top 51 of those rankings. Uh, the conference is strong as always. And that continues again on Thursday. Uh, for Tulane against Tulsa. All right, let's talk about Army here. Uh, check a couple of boxes. Um, just broad strokes, guys. You know, I, I don't, I don't know how good this Army program is, but on paper, they're a top twenty-five team. Um, what, what, from your perspective, is the significance of being able to scratch off uh, that long streak that is long overdue to be done with? Well, I just like being able to not have to hear it anymore. I mean, you know, more than anything else. <laughs> Having that in the rear view, which you know, um, you know, Tulane wasn't good for a number of years, but here lately, um, you know, there was probably any number of top twenty-five teams that a Willie Fritz team could have knocked off in the last two or three years, just didn't get the opportunities. And then there were times where we did play them and played them really close. You know, you look at SMU in overtime earlier this year, for instance. So being able to just kind of have that bugaboo off our back is a very good thing. Um, an opportunity to beat two in a row. I don't know when's the last time Tulane beat two ranked opponents in a row, but you know, we've got to look for that streak now. Right. Yeah. Um, um, you know, so I, I think it's great. As, as far as army specifically goes, I do think, you know, frankly, and I, part of me thinks I'll say, 
that they were probably a little bit more inflated than they should be. On the other hand, you know, they did play a two-touchdown game with Cincinnati, who was one of the best teams in the country. So, you know, they're, they're not a bad program. I thought athletically Tulane was in a far superior class. Not necessarily surprised. Army normally sees that, um, you know, in a lot of their matchups. And they win a lot of matchups even when the other teams are more athletic than they are. But I think one of the big differences was Jack Curtis and his familiarity with the Jeff Munkin approach. Um, they did do fairly well on the ground. It's not like the stoning that you, you, you saw against, say, Navy in the first half, for instance. I mean, they ran for 4.7 a carry. But they, they, they like Tulane, a lot of their run average came from chunk plays uh, where they got a 19 here or 23 there. And when they needed the run, what they like to do, you know, get four yards on first down and four yards on second down and then convert on third. They missed a lot of those. So they found themselves in third and long, in fourth and long, in uncomfortable situations which their offense is not designed for. So we had enough of those situations, timely situations on defense, where we kind of took Army out, out of what they wanted to do. So cre- credit our staff. And then on the other side of the ball, just really quickly, Coach Hall and, you know, with confidence in Michael Pratt, saw a secondary and a back seven, really, that just was not athletic enough to sort of guard our guys in space. And so we, we kept going after it uh, and converted a number of – Balls over the middle, you know, kind of deep ends, some stuff along the sidelines where we just were trusting our athletes to be better than them, and it worked. Jimmy, that day you were going to bring up that I thought was interesting was, I guess, you know, taking on this Army team and what they did. And, Andrew, you bring up the, the teams that they played. Two things stood out to me, not just in the game, but I, I, I say after. And I, I really enjoyed how open and honest I think Coach Fritz is at times and players. And, Andrew – You've brought up in broadcast several times about players going down to sort of, um, you know, slow down the, the, the green wave and things of that nature. So I kind of wasn't surprised that Coach Fritz said something that I think I'm going to take out of this game. In this season, when you literally had four games in the SEC get banged, what, 15 games got postponed this week? Everything goes, man. Uh, if you win and you play a game, I'll, I'll credit you. I mean, I, I don't know who's what. I mean, there's teams in the top five that I guess are good sometimes. I mean, you know, Notre Dame struggled with Boston College for a bit. Then they won there. I still think Clemson's good. Is it, one team 10 or 9? I don't know. But um, I look at it like this. When Coach Fritz at the end of the game says he was worried and concerned about his team, um, being up and ready to play. I guess he didn't think they had a good week of practice. And he thought that warm-ups, they looked a little slow and sluggish and sloppy. And then he mentioned that the Army coach fellas walked through a group of about 30 of their players trying to knock them down and disrupt them and fired up the team. That when they got back in the locker room, they were agitated and were ready to go out and play football. I'll take it. So <laughs> I love the fact that he brought that up because you know what? Jimmy, you know this. I was texting the graph earlier. Uh, in the game, if you there's a history between Tulane and Army. There was a history between Tulane and the academies. How they play, certain flags go certain way. Some of the uh, you know tongue in cheek type moves that they do and things that nature. So I love the fact that the head coach comes on and goes. You had one of their coaches go right through our warm up lines and try to disrupt and knock our guys down, fired us up. And then you talk to Patrick Johnson after the game and he says. It's taken me four years to beat a ranked opponent. So I think when you look at whether it's, you know, one of those things where it's a good team, a bad team, or whatever, I think when you're trying to check those boxes, Andrew, as you keep saying, to try to be a winning program, 
this falls in it, you know? You know, I've always looked for the resiliency moments throughout the course of this season for the program. Uh, and I think this was another game, guys, that we saw one. We talked about the second quarter quite a bit throughout the course of the broadcast. Tulane puts up 22 yards in that second quarter. And then you flip it to the third quarter. You needed a stabilizing moment. And Tulane puts up 140 yards and holds Army to 56. Um, you know, 24 to 12 at halftime is not the same thing as 24 to nothing at halftime. Uh, so it wasn't quite as easy to take your foot off the metaphorical gas there. Uh, but Tulane got the football first to start the second half, and they decided to make the best of it. I think that was the drive that ended up in Jaquan Jackson's 21-yard touchdown reception. Uh, so that moment, followed by that really long drive that Army had, uh, that resulted in no points. You know, they they got tough in a critical moment of that ball game to create some separation. And you know, I don't know if it's a growth point, so to speak, because we're uh, what nine games into this season here. But it all it is the moment that you're looking for if you're a, a head coach in any football game uh, when you have that moment that you can kind of assert yourself on a game they did. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, that that was the big takeaway for me from yesterday's game was was I think really some growth in terms of resiliency, and I think it gave credit in the post game to Michael Pratt. But I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of these guys have had that trait in them, and it really helps that the most position, important position on the field also has it. And, and 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 so I think one of the big developments you've seen with this team since last year, I'm sorry, early in the year, is just that you know early in the year if you were riding on the waves in a ship, you know, that, that the boat would lilt, <laughs> it, it, it would tilt pretty far uh, with those waves, you know, in a positive or negative direction uh, from a momentum standpoint. I think we're seeing the team mature a little bit mm-hmm. where the swings are not as broad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you kind of have a bad moment, you respond to it. Um, the, the second quarter was really weird. I mean, we ran nine plays. Um, you know, so they just, they held the ball and, and, and we had an opportunity to kind of take that away from them to a certain extent. We dropped an easy third and four, you know, it happens, unfortunately. Uh, but one of two series that ended with a, with a bad drop by us, uh, happened in that second quarter. The other one was early in the first. And, and, and I mean, that, that when, when they're going on offense and they're doing their thing where they're having the seven minute drives, you just can't afford to have a three and out because you dropped third and four. That happened, but we bounced back from it, you know? It, 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 and, and, and so hats off to our guys for just sort of keeping their head in there and, and like I said, not riding those, that, those momentum swings quite as hard. You know, at, at times, Jimmy, I've accused you of having a photographic memory. So if there's an opportunity to, uh, uh, correct your photographic memory. Uh, Tulane ran ten plays in that second uh, quarter. Jimmy, well, yes, ten but, plays. But 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 the tenth play was a kneel down. So oh, I didn't count. Okay. Oh, put in my place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gus, uh, <laughs> anything uh, jump out to you with the way that uh, Tulane was able able to handle kind of the ebbs and flows of this game and eventually flex its muscles. First off, I want to know what Jimmy's taking vitamin-wise to have that kind of memory, dude, because I don't know what happened earlier today, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I'm being dead serious, so uh, I'm impressed. Um, look, I think back to – I mean, I think you said it with that phrase, ebb and flows, right? And I, I think what you want to see as the season continues and as you have saw or have you seen in this game as well at this past is just continued improvement, right? I mean, look, not every game is perfect, and it's never going to be. Um, I know you always hear coaches, even 
I mean, even Sean Payton, after they beat the Bucks the way they did, there were things we can improve on. So no one's ever going to be happy. It won't be a perfect, perfect game. Um, but it's how you handle those things, right? I mean, Temple, the final score was a beating. He didn't score in that first quarter, right? I mean, so um, I think what's impressed me is, again, the continuation of Michael Pratt, the continuation of receivers stepping up and making plays. I think the defense playing better by the game. Um, you can tell me, you know, there's different quarterbacks and all that. That's fine. But uh, at the end of the day, you got, you got to make the plays. I, I You know, in the pregame, uh, Andrew, if you remember, I asked uh, Steve, how can a guy like Patrick Johnson, who's an all-time sack leader, be effective in a game where a football team runs the ball over 300 yards a game? They're not really a passing team. Well, he gets a sack. You know, he gets a couple of uh, plays where he gets losses and stuff. So um, it's finding ways to succeed. I I thought what was interesting is hearing him talk about how he knew that one of those fake plays or fourth down plays or that they sniffed it out, that they, they had done a bunch of study film. Patrick Johnson said they went back 10, 15 years of Army plays so they can be ready for this type of uh, offense. So I think that's what kind of gets me giddy, is that despite the season not being what you wanted and, and having to kind of face some adversity, you still had guys going in that locker room, Jimmy, wanting to get better, still feeling they can get better, and looking at it and going, okay, look, this is what we need to do for this game, and let's go out there and prove it. And the ability to focus on one play in one game, I think, really stands out to me. I mean, I look at that game, we can go over stats and go over plays that stood out, but I, I get a sense and feeling a team is playing better and is handling situations better by the game. Uh, there was to to continue that thread, by the way, uh, uh, Gus, uh, you made you made a point, Jimmy, during the broadcast about the way that Will Hall can call plays specifically on third down because of the growth of Michael Pratt, a third down in seven or something like that. I think it was early on in the ball game, maybe the first drive for Tulane. Um, what was that point that you were making during the broadcast? Because I think it was a worthwhile one to touch on here. Well, it's it's. It, my impression, at least, uh, is that because Coach Hall has uh, a much more confidence in both Michael Pratt and the offensive line to hold up in these third and long situations, that, that we're going to be able to recognize and pick up exotic blitz packages when they know the pass is coming. We're, we're far less likely now to protect against those situations on first and second down. I think when people see us being – conservative earlier in the year when Pratt was just getting into the ball game. Um, you know, first start, second start, third start. I'm thinking about even the SMU game and and frankly believing that if we played SMU last night, we would beat them. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's a matter of you're on first. They think we're being conservative. Well, what you're doing in some of these situations where you're running the ball on first and 10 and you think the pass is a better option is, you, you realize that or, or you're afraid of avoiding the negative situation. You're trying to avoid second and 17 because he held on too long and took a sack or somebody didn't pick up a blitzer or whatever. And then you get a negative play that not only sabotages the drive, but also, you know, it sets up for field position, et cetera. So all of it is related. And so you earlier in the year, you're, you're really playing to third and short. You're, you're, you're emphasizing staying ahead of the chain. Now, look, that's always a goal, and that's always what you want, but you're willing to take on more risk on first down and second down when you know that if you end up in third and 12, you have an operation in place now that can actually convert. You can feel good that, 
you know, four out of 10 at least times in those third and long situations, you can convert rather than one out of 10 or two out of 10, right? And so yes. you, you have that because of that. And, and so in that situation we brought up in the broadcast, Andrew, the third and 12, and you looked how easy it was. We saw an overload blitz. We picked it up easily, and we got it out to Deuce Watts right at the six. He, they had to give him space on his comeback route because he's too much of a threat over the top. I mean, it's like all these things that you draw up all worked just like clockwork. And because you now are able to do that, now you can do other things on first and second down to keep the defense on its toes. And once again, I'm getting destroyed in the memory recall department because I said third and seven and it was a third and 12. Ugh, I'll, <laughs> let's let's blame it on the lack of sleep, I suppose. Um, and and look, go. we we, uh, we, <laughs> we we covered this last week, so I'm not going to go back into it. Um, but again, the growth of the offensive line, the confidence uh, that Coach Hall has in them and the work that Coach Kennedy has done to make that a really strong unit for Tulane at this point in the season, despite all of the rotations that they've gone through. Uh, it's pretty remarkable, guys. Um, we talked about it last week. Again, not going to circle back to it, but it has been remarkable, the work that Coach Kennedy has done with that unit, considering uh, the rotations they've gone through. Uh, we can't get out of this conversation. We'll wrap it up here. Um the I guess again it was a technically a fumble recovery for a touchdown by Jatavian Tolls, uh, but but one of the craziest plays I've ever seen in a football game. Uh, your immediate reaction, guys, as you watched that, I'm still thinking of it as a kick pick six or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but your immediate reaction as you saw that. My immediate reaction was exactly what you said. How do you even call that? What is that? I've never seen anything like that. Was it a lateral six? I, I don't. That's incredible because when you look at the. Um, there, 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 there was a view that showed it from the end zone. Um, he read that. I mean, you like you see him, you know, covering his guy, going to make a play or a tackle or whatever, or a block and try to get in. And you can kind of see him adjust at that last second, kind of stutter steps a bit. Then he becomes like a DB, you know, trying to pick that pass off. I've never, I'm telling you, ever seen that. I, I, I can't recall that. Um, I've seen fumble recoveries on laterals, but I've never seen – the lateral recover, and you know what? It, it reminded me back of the Tulane UCF game. Um, Jimmy, you remember? Uh, I want to say, my gosh, going brain fart on the quarterback. Um, it, it was a couple years ago, man, where it was a um, pitch six on a pitch play in which the Tulane quarterback, and, and I, I want to say, Jimmy, what UCF scored three touchdowns in a row, literally within five plays. It was an interception six a fumble six, and a pitch six all within three, in three straight drives. I kid you not, Andrew, it's what happened, I promise. And that's what reminded me of it where, you know, you're, you're doing like an a, a, a option play. It was, it was an option play, and the quarterback pitches the option, and it's intercepted in the, in the pitch, and it's run for a touchdown. That's what it reminded me of. I've never seen anything like it. So I guess you cover and call two-lane football enough, you see plays that – I didn't know that could happen. There you go. Yeah, and from my standpoint, look, uh, you know, I, I, I was not surprised, but, you know, we heard in the post-game interview about Coach Fritz saying, look, this is the time, you know, just pointing out to the guys in the, in, the, in the box as they're lining up. Look, be on the lookout for the trickery, right? You know, Jatavian, your job is to con- – it, it was super contained, which is essentially no matter what, under all circumstances, you are – outside of the most outside guy on the other side. Now, apparently, Coach Fritz said he actually didn't do his job correctly. Yeah, there's there a couple of mistakes on that play, evidently. <laughs> uh, um, but it all worked out. But, 
you know, it's actually, you know what my first thought was, was like, you know, this is the life of a Tulane uh, fan from the standpoint that when we don't need this type of play, of course we're going to, it just falls into yeah, our yeah. lap. I mean, <laughs> the game was out of reach at that point. It's like, why can't, why can't we get this in like a tight ball game, you know, a tight <laughs> ball game where they're trying to create something on the last drive and we, we well, because we they're not going to run that play in a close ball game. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Army had run a couple of trick plays, I guess, in that game. They tried to uh, fake a punt, which Dorian Williams absolutely destroyed as well. So, um, hey, look, that one's going to go down as a pretty remarkable play between, you know, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Houston game a season ago in terms of the drama, um, in terms of its uniqueness. Uh, but this one definitely goes up there as one of the, you know, just flat out coolest touchdowns to see. Uh, guys, thanks so much for your time. Uh, we will get more coverage of Tulane versus Tulsa coming up later in the week. Uh, but for the rest of this bod- uh, podcast, we'll turn it over to our conversations post-game. Uh, talked with Jaquan Jackson, talked with Coach Fritz, uh, and wrapped up, again, what was about time for Tulane to scratch off the top 25 victory, 38-12 to 12 over Army. Jimmy Gus, thanks so much. All right, thank you, Andrew. No way. That was a pleasure, man. Take care, guys. Welcome back inside the booth. The final score, 38-12. to Tulane takes down Army. The Green Wave now 5-4 and on the season. Now joined in the locker room with head coach Willie Fritz, Andrew Allegretta in the booth with Steve Berrios and Jimmy Ortno. Coach, I'll open it up as I always do. Big picture here. What's the best thing you like from your team in this victory? Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Fantastic. Um, best thing you saw? Oh, I just thought we did an excellent job of just, you know, playing with toughness and energy and you know, and uh, all those kind of different things. Uh, you know, offensively, we converted a bunch of third downs, big plays when we needed them. Defensively, we, we stopped them a bunch on third down. I don't know what the stats are, but it looked like we dominated the third and fourth down situations. Uh, for the most part, we tackled well. There's a few times I I told our guys, it looked like we were thinking we were playing on offense and we were blocking people instead of tackling them. But, uh, you know, good job in the kicking game, good coverage. Uh, huge play at the end by Juice. Uh, Merrick Glover had some good kickoffs, big field goal. So just an overall uh, great win for us. You know, uh, it's hard to beat them by a lot because they milk the clock. You know, they, they go slow, and you're only going to have about 10 possessions. So and that's, I don't know if they've been beaten like that in quite a while. You know, Coach, up here we're talking about a couple of key moments in the ball game, and we keep talking about the beginning part of the third quarter. Obviously, Army has that fantastic second quarter, and then to start the third quarter, you guys come out and have that touchdown drive in the 21-yard pass from Michael Pratt to Jaquan Jackson right after a holding penalty as well. Uh, what was significant about that sequence to you? Well, you know, good protection, number one. We didn't have it to play before. We had a hold. But... Uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, uh, both coordinators did a very nice job with uh, calls, both offensively and defensively. We had a good plan for them. You know, they came on, did a little bit of different stuff. They had two weeks of prep against us, and, um, you know, and we knew they were going to do a little bit of stuff. They started getting into some uh, gun and, you know, unbalanced and a little bit different unbalanced than what we'd, we'd seen from them. But I, I thought we adjusted well, and, uh you know, the big drive in the beginning of the second half was huge, too, to uh, come away with points. So uh, nice job by the guys. Coach, I thought one of the other 
big turning points of the game was when Army went on a they went on a 17 play 65 yard drive that took eight minutes and 12 seconds off the clock but they came away with no points I think that kind of deflated them that was huge you know and good uh, you know got after him and blitzed him and uh, had good leverage and they might have had a guy open in the end zone he just didn't have time to throw it you know coach I did want to ask you as well specifically about the way that you know, you talked about the tackling being fairly good, but generally speaking, the defense, you know, they made the plays when they had to. The defensive line seemed to stand pretty strong, and the linebackers, whether it was Kevin Henry, Dorian Williams, you talked about the physicality that you saw, but that, that front seven, for the most part, seemed to be there for you in a game when it has to be. No, I, I thought that was, we, we, you're exactly right on that. I thought we answered the challenge when we needed to defensively. You know, 12 points is 12 points. That's not, that's not very many. And you're right, they had that long drive, ate up a lot of clock, and didn't get, it, didn't get a score, didn't get any points off of it. And you know, that's a big win for us. You know, a couple of times, too, Coach, throughout the broadcast, we talked about the confidence that has grown for Will Hall to call, you know, specific passing plays on third downs because of the growth of Michael Pratt. I'm kind of curious uh, how, if you can speak to the ability to call plays for Michael Pratt's growth on third down and six, seven, and eight. Well, you don't have to worry about, you know, things. You know, you, you know that he's going to have poise. He's going to, you know, go to the right read, you know, and it's just, you know, it's, you know, there's sometimes you got to throw it, you know, and we, we want to be 50-50. And, you know, I thought there were some wide open pass concepts. And to Michael's credit, he, he hit them. Uh, he's okay, by the way. We saw him go down at one yeah, point, good. came back in. He's good. good. Okay, uh, the last two things for you. First off, have you seen a – I don't know what the technical – they've got it down as a fumble recovery here for a touchdown with no, Javon I told, I, told, uh, I told Juice that, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time. That's the first time I've ever had that one. Okay. You know, so, we've had guys knock him down, do some stuff like that, but nobody just uh, – and uh, our AD was telling me it was a forward pass too. So, uh, you know, but that's why they're calling it a fumble. Okay. Okay, so uh, just just walk me through the sideline, the reaction. You guys are on and high as it is, and that's something that we're all going to make note of and say that's one of the most unique plays we've ever seen watching a football game. Well, we got in the launch pad, and I, I told him, you know, hey, hey, he's a contained player. And we said, hey, you got on this one, because, you know, you don't know what's going on, reverses, laterals, throwbacks. You know, we talked to him about that. You've got ultimate contain, which means you have a 21 rule. It means all 21 guys on the field have got to be inside of you. And uh, a couple of them were outside of him. That wasn't good, you know. <laughs> but he did a good job of undercutting it and, and uh, getting the uh, – uh, interception, and that was a huge play right there, huge play. All right, last thing for you, Coach. You and I talk all the time. I know you always have your eye on the big picture and accomplishing tremendous things here at Tulane, but there's sort of benchmarks across the way, and this is one of those benchmarks, the first victory against a ranked team uh, in 36 years here for the Green Wave. Uh, just in a small moment, what does that mean to you as a coach? Well, we, we've come close an awful lot of times, you know, and, and – uh, you know, I, I told the guys all week, hey, this is the 25th ranked team in the country. I don't care what you think. That's what other people think. Right? And uh, it's a big uh, uh, feather in our cap to be able to come away with a win against them.
Uh, Coach, thank you so much for your time and congratulations. Thank you. Roll wave. Jaquan Jackson has a fantastic ball game. We'll talk with him coming up in a couple of moments. Plus, a good game by Amari Jones as well. 60 yards on the ground, including a 50-yard touchdown rush. He joins us down inside the locker room. First off, Amari, walk us through your 50-yard touchdown run. What'd you see? Uh, you know, when I got the ball, I just seen a, a big gash, and you know, my lineman been telling me it's going to be there all day, so I trusted him. I got behind him, and there it was, you know, green grass. You know, Amari, <laughs> one thing that we've talked about quite a bit on our broadcast is the way that the offensive line has been able to rotate throughout the course of the season with different injuries, different guys coming and going. You know, I guess from your perspective as a running back, how good have they been at needing to switch and change when they've had to? Uh, you know, they've been doing an excellent job with uh, adjusting to what's going on around here. You know, we've been having some minor injury, <coughs> minor injuries that, you know, you can't really control. And, and, you know, we've had the younger the younger linemen step up and really take control and, you know, play their role and be glad that they got that role. How are you feeling, by the way, coming back a couple of weeks ago? Obviously, you were banged up. You're starting to get your flow back. How do you feel? Oh, I feel good. You know, I'm I'm back 100% pretty much, and, you know, I just, I'm just ready to play. Uh, how enjoyable is this victory for you guys? We talked about it with Coach Fritz. You know, you've been here as a junior now. You've seen the growth of this program. Uh, you've got big goals, but it's the first time that this program's beaten a ranked team in 36 years. As a player, part of this program, trying to build it up, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, it's a great thing, you know, coming here as a freshman and, you know, trying to, you know, just help change the program around. You know, that's what I told Coach Fitz that that's what I was willing to do when I signed here. And, you know, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, tell me about the performance today of Jaquan Jackson. We'll talk with him in a second. He had a couple of touchdowns, including uh, really a physical run. Have you seen that sort of physicality out of Jaquan Jackson? Oh, <laughs> it's funny. You, had, you know, I, we've, we've never really seen it, but, you know, I've always knew he's had it, you know. Dude is a beast, and that's just how it is, you know? Yeah, he likes to call himself ATM Automatic Touchdown Machine. He had two here today. Uh, uh, how about the, I guess we're calling it a fumble recovery for a touchdown on the kickoff for Jatavian Tolls. Uh, I'm going to go with kick interception six, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Uh, but but what did you see? Um, I've never seen anything like that, honestly, you know. It was just a great play by Juice. You know, he he's, has great awareness, and, you know, he was expecting it. Amari, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Congratulations on the victory. You can put the microphone down. Uh, thanks once again. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Amari Jones after the 38-12 to victory. I think we'll get Jaquan Jackson coming up in a couple of seconds, maybe talk with one of the defensive stars here today. But I'll welcome back in for a question or two, uh, Jimmy Ordno and Steve Berrios, before we get Jaquan Jackson. Uh, Amari's performance and, you know what, the diversity of weapons that's Will Hall has been able to find offensively with Michael Pratt. We all were concerned, and certainly it would be great to have Tajay Spears out there at this point in time. It would be great to have Corey Dauphine out there if we could. Uh, but the way that this offense has found its stars throughout the course of the season with guys coming and going, what's impressive to you about the way that Will Hall has been able to rotate these guys in? Well, I think it's uh, it's just the, the growth that we're seeing of you know some of these players. Uh, We've talked about the receiving core, and, and today, you know, they had they had a few issues. They dropped uh, two passes that would have been big third-down conversions and allowed the def uh, the offense to uh, continue on. But, you know, Deuce Watts comes up today, another big game for him. Six catches, 85 yards, and Jaquan Jackson, he had five catches for 37 yards. So those two guys, I think, we're starting to see emerge and getting, getting – 
Uh, Amari Jones back healthy is, is, is a dynamic weapon to have. This kid can run the football inside or outside, and whenever he's in space, he's very dangerous. You know, the, the, when we started the season, we had, you know, six or seven guys at receiver. We really didn't know who was going to do what, and you kind of you know, were optimistic because everybody's optimistic at the start of the season. But really, there was not a lot of proven talent out there. And, you know, now we've seen Jaquan Jackson and Deuce Watts emerge as a, a really dynamic tandem. I mean, we're, we normally have three people out there, but those two, at least you got two guys I think you rely on. It was so shocking almost that Deuce, Deuce, he's had so much success that he did have a drop mm-hmm. that hurt us today. Um, but you just expect success now when the ball goes his way. and You expect, ex- expect success when it goes Jaquan's way. Um, you know, and then you add that to, you know, we thought we would have this superback role for Amari Jones and uh, Booker and guys who are going to be more of a receiving threat out of the backfield and not so much, you know, lining up next to the quarterback and shotgun. Well, you know, we've adjusted. And and with the injuries or whatever other reason, you're now looking at a situation where we got three guys who line up next to Pratt and they all bring different things to the table. But it's it the combination of the three has been really, really dynamic. Uh, and if if in if something's being taken away by a particular defense, you know that might be a strength of one guy. And then, well, we'll see what Amari can do in this look here, right? You know, and it gives you so many options. You keep playing with the puzzle pieces until you find what works, and you spring the big sixty-yard run. All right. So speaking of Jaquan Jackson and his development, I believe he's on headset down in the locker room. Jaquan, can you hear us? Yes, sir. All right. So automatic touchdown machine, my man. ATM. Uh, <laughs> tell me about your performance today. What went so well for you? Um. Oh, we we prepared great. Coach Hart came up with a great game plan for us, and we started off slow in the first half when we came in the locker room and talked about it. Like we got the plays and everything, we just didn't execute. And the second half, we just ex- executed. Wide receiver drops the balls. The total wide receiver, the game gonna be on us, and we got to make big plays. And that that's what we did. All right, so let's go through your two touchdowns you had here today. Let's start with the 21-yard touchdown reception that came, I think, one play after a holding penalty. So after first down and 10, it goes to first down and 20. Uh, and then you guys connect to you in this, as I'm looking at it, corner of the end zone here. Uh, walk us through that play. Uh, the play call, what you saw, how it develops. Um, before the play had, was called, the penalty backed us up, so I knew Coach Hall was going throw it but I didn't know what play it was gonna be but when I saw he called this type of play that we ran I was on the field looking and watching and I say we worked on this all week we worked on this all weekend I could just hear coach Hall in my head is like Quan you gotta win you gotta <laughs> win he said every time he called that route it's just like just like UCF and I, I gave him a, a left right and he jumped it and as soon as I turned my head, I saw Michael Pratt through the ball, and I just made both of them miss. How often is Will Hall in your head as you're running routes? Um, it's just, it just, <laughs> it's just, it's just not me. It's just the, all the wide receivers. You know, we got Mike Jones, we got Fat Watch, we got Deuce Watts, we got Mike Jones, I mean, uh, Jacob Robinson, and Juice Jatavian too. So he always in all of his head. It's just not me. It's our wide receiver core is a a big part of the game this year. Uh, so the second touchdown, Quan, that you came up with was, I guess, a 14-yard touchdown run. I think you probably broke, you know, I don't know, three, four, five tackles. Uh, that was some good physicality from you. Uh, take us through that touchdown run as well. Um, first of all, I give a big shout-out to the O-line. 
and uh, wide receivers for blocks for, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to score that touchdown. And it really was an outside play, and I saw the overflow to the left, and I cut underneath, and I just, after I made the first person miss, I just kept running hard, and I knew in the back of my mind, we got to score, we got to score. You know, wide receivers oftentimes, as I'm sitting next to one up here in the booth, Steve Barrios, oftentimes get the reputation for not being quite as physical. Did you enjoy the physicality of that run? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're always talking about being tough. The uh, All we did talk about how Army was tough and how we got to be more tougher than them, and we executed by being tougher than them, and that's what helped us win the game. Last question for you, Jaquan. Uh, your roommates with Michael Pratt, how much has that helped your development, your chemistry with him on the field? Um, you know, before the season started, I sat down and talked to Mike, and I'm like, Mike, we, instead of going, we, we roommates, instead of going up to watch film all the time, we we talked about we got a projector, a laptop, and we could watch film in a room. We watch film every night, different teams, our prices and everything, just get on the same page. And you know how, instead of, you know, sometimes the, uh, Wilson be close, so we watch film together to see what the team going to do. Well, it's obviously helped you guys out. You had five catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown, plus that 14-yard touchdown run. Jaquan, uh, thank you so much for visiting with us here, and congratulations on the victory. Thank you. All right, that's Jaquan Jackson again. Five catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Tulane overall 38-12 to gets the victory. Uh, just some closing thoughts from you guys here, Steve Barrios and Jimmy Ortno, before we sign off uh, from Yolman Stadium. Uh, look, moving forward, Tulane is now 5-4. and four. They've got Tulsa coming up on a Thursday. That is a difficult turnaround. That is a quick turnaround when you need to leave on a Wednesday to get out there to Tulsa. And then Memphis comes up the following week after that. How do you see these next two weeks going for Tulane? Uh, if they continue to do X of the things that you've seen the past couple of weeks during this winning streak, you'll feel good about their chances in these next two. I look at the resiliency and 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 you know, I don't maybe give the kid too much credit, but I don't think so. You know, I think it comes from the leadership that Michael Pratt's brought to the table in terms of you think early in the season when good things happen, we would have a good run. You know, second half of UCA, USA or the way we played against Southern Miss after the slow start. And then you think about how when things started going back poorly, how we had a hard time breaking that. And we let bad plays stack up. And, you know, what we've seen in this three-game win streak is a team that's really resilient, you know. When bad things happen, they kind of just snap back and punch the other guys back in the mouth. The second quarter here wasn't a very good quarter. But you look how they came out in the third, right? And I, and I think that a lot of that comes from the what he has shown. You see his toughness. You know, he gets hurt right back. You know, he snapped up. He's back in the game. He's, he's coming back off the sideline to lead his team. And, you know, you just kind of feel like, that the, the team is adopting some of that toughness and that resilience. And that's what you're going to need against Tulsa. A very good defense. You don't have a lot of time to prepare for them. You're just going to have to line up and hit them and, and just not give up and just fight all game. Yeah, I, I think Michael Pratt has really um, galvanized this team. I think he's not only the leader of the offensive unit, but I think he's, he's one of the leaders of the entire team. And uh, their, the whole team is rallying around him. It's going to be a tough order to uh, – Leave here on a Wednesday, uh, you know, it's a short turnaround. They got some guys, they got some bumps and bruises, and 
it's, it's going to be a tall order, but if Tulane can execute the way they did today offensively, I, I think they're going to have a chance. I'll keep saying this. I continue to think it's wildly impressive that Michael Pratt not only has become a leader in that locker room, but he's done it under the circumstances in which he did it with an upperclassman in Keon Howard who's well-liked in that locker room, who put the work in in the offseason and just didn't work out. Yet Michael Pratt, through difficult times, when you could see a locker room say, well, I want Keon, I want Michael, I want Keon. Everyone caught their breath, and everyone seems to be following Michael Pratt. I think under those circumstances, that's pretty darn impressive. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Steve Berrios, Jimmy Ordno, for our entire crew, Jason Trust-Claire, our engineer, statistician, Alden Hagedorn, our booth producer, Alex Shepard. My name is Andrew Allegretta. Tulane gets the victory 38-12 to and really quite dominates a top-25 opponent in the Army Black Knights. 